Hello again, everybody. Today, we will continue with spinning the narrative regarding propaganda. The media uses gun violence in major metropolitan areas to, by radicals as excuses to restrict the Second Amendment. Of course, this has been the goal to centralize all power for the elite, by the elite, and of the elite. These parasitic pushes are to create a uniparty par that will extinguish the United States Republic. These pu pushes are led, in particular, by three administrations in a long history now pushing radical policies. Hello again, everybody. Uh, this is Jason Powers from West Lafayette. So today we're going to discuss uh, propaganda part two, and um, I kind of wanted to make this a, a longer broadcast, but um, I did some background research on some things, and I think it was important to do. So we've heard all about this um, recent uh, shooting out in Colorado where uh, 10 people are, are now dead and there's a suspect in custody and um, there's a whole lot of uh, uh, people that have commented as always because uh, of course uh, the media has to uh, has to blare this out because the whole idea is to take away uh, gun rights I mean they they make this the issue every time this comes up because um, uh, urban areas are of course are, are are devoid of any gun violence whatsoever and we know that's a that's a falsehood and they want to project all their power out to the, the rural countryside and uh, create a uh, one they the the essence of this has always been to push towards a one uh centralized system that's located in washington dc to control the rest of the country uh, they're trying to they're basically trying to destroy the u.s constitution by hook or by crook, it doesn't matter which way. And when I say these people uh, in D.C., we're talking about people that are highly globalized in terms of their viewpoint on the world. Um, they've got a yen for it because, uh, for example, they do all their their misdeeds overseas as much as possible, and in and in the United States. But they do particularly all their their dirty deeds that aren't done dirt cheap uh, overseas. Because they can get away with it. They can use cutouts. They can use institutions, banks, corporations. They funnel money through it. They use NGOs. 
um, a host of uh, uh, segments. So what better way to control the domestic population is to keep, you know, keep that stuff out of sight, out of mind. I mean, there's graft, there's levels of graft and corruption in, in any, um, any society uh, that's ever existed, for example, uh, because there's always bad people. Um, there's people that are, um, you know, if you did, if you believe in uh, Dr. Robert Hare or you do, do believe in uh, the analysis done by Martha Stout uh, in terms of the sociopath and the psychopath, you know, there's approximately one to four percent of our, our population has some kind of instances or characteristics regarding that. Um, you know, they they and and uh, and unfortunately, if you even if people say, well, that's just so rare and so small, but is it really rare and is it that small? Because if you take those that cross section with, uh, for example, IQ or motivations, uh, yeah, there's there's a rarities there. There's very rare people, but those very rare people who have the intellect, the total disregard for people, and have a, a motivation and an objective to get certain things done, they're going to rise to the top of the uh, top of the. Uh, ladder because they don't care how they get to their goals it just you know to them it's a game it's always a game they're not worried about societal stability they're worried about uh truly uh you know they're just worried about you know uh, entertainment um acqu acquiring of assets acquiring of influence and so we're gonna start off with this uh this crime though because i i when i say uh, I wanted to go there first, and then we'll go back to the topic of um, analyzing people that have been running our country into the ground for, you know, basically four, four plus decades. But uh, we have some, um, we'll, we'll first uh, analyze this crime and then go from there. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. A horrible story from the state of Colorado. Yesterday after lunch, a man walked into a grocery store in Boulder and shot 10 people to death. One of the slain was a police officer called Eric Talley. Eric Talley had seven children. The youngest was just five years old. Your heart breaks for his family. Police responded quickly to the massacre and they arrested a 21-year-old suspect. Watch how CNN described the scene. We know that the suspect is in custody. He was injured. They have not released any details about who he was, but we did see footage of uh, a white General, a white man, he was wearing shorts, no shoes, no shirt. He seemed to be bleeding down his leg, and he was handcuffed. In other words, CNN told you, we don't really know anything about what just happened. We do think a, quote, white man did it. That was CNN's first observation. What they cared about most was the gunman's race. To CNN, that was the all-important thing, not the 10 lying dead or the grieving children they left behind. No, the shooter's skin color. So this is what wokeness is. This is how you see the world when you've been so corrupted by ideological mania that you consider even a mass shooting a perfect opportunity to push your race-based political agenda. He was a white man. That's all you needed to know. Then we learn the suspect's name. He is Ahmed Alaliwi Alisa. And that fact raised an immediate problem for the race mongers. Does Ahmed Alisa qualify as a white man? Now, honestly, you may be wondering, who cares? He just shot 10 people. That's the only fact that mattered. And by the way, for what it's worth, Ahmed Elisa looked pretty pale to us, too. Again, not that decent people ought to care one way or the other about his race. 
But to the bigots in charge of America's increasingly convoluted and politicized system of racial classification, his race is the only thing that mattered. They decided that people called Ahmed Alaliwi Elisa cannot be white men no matter what they look like. People with names like that are oppressed, therefore they're not white. Now that's insanity, but it's where we are right now. It's where they've mm -hmm. taken us. So of course, once we learned his name, the entire storyline, <clears throat> excuse me, had to be rewritten immediately. Amy Siskind is a former finance ghoul who now sends angry tweets for a living. Siskin is highly popular in the so-called progressive community online. Siskin's first assessment of the crime was this, quote, it was almost certainly a white man, again. If he were black or brown, he would be dead. That was Amy Siskin's hot take, and lots of people agreed with her. Then the shooter's identity emerged, and of course Siskin had to change her view immediately. Please don't mention his name, Siskin instructed her followers. We wouldn't want to, quote, glorify the killer with the attention of having his name widely known. It's pretty amazing to be able to watch this happen in real time. The great thing about Twitter, despite all the downsides, is that you get to see how the lies are manufactured. Kamala Harris's niece, someone called Mina Harris, also weighed in on the race of the gunman. White men, she wrote, are the greatest terrorist threat to our country. Then police announced it was actually a guy called Ahmed, so Mina Harris had to correct herself. But she kept up the racial attacks because that's what she does. Mina Harris had assumed that Elisa was white, she wrote, quote, based on his being taken into custody alive and the fact that the majority of mass shootings in the U.S. are carried out by white men. So Ahmed Elisa, if you're following along, wasn't white, but white men are still bad. Got it? You may not even have noticed because you hear things like this every single day. You hear them constantly. And if you step back, you've got to wonder how long the rich and the powerful people like Amy Siskind and Mina Harris and countless others can continue this, can keep attacking a single racial group before our country breaks apart. We may find out in the end because no one seems to be stopping them. Nope. So there you go. There's a, a, a drive, a motivation, and I, I went, um, and I granted, you, know, you may not like Tucker Carlson, and, um, you know, he's had his uh, interplay in this. He's a kind of a controlled opposition guy. I think though there are, I mean, there's there's specks of uh, I think uh, probably uh, him wanting to do the right thing, even if even if he's just another paid shill. So we'll leave it at that, as he isn't the the part of the problem that we need to worry about. But you'll notice here, and then and this is where we get into the the racial aspects here. So in in doing these situations, uh, <clears throat> when they initially report on stuff. There's, there's two, uh, they toggle between generalization and specificity. So they generalize um, as, as a cover for everything because uh, uh, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll basically, if, if they already know the answer, they'll over, they'll generalize the, the situation. For example, if they, if, if this would have been identified as a, a different race of uh, shooter or somebody that they knew was an extremist or someone who stuck out, obviously. If it had been a member of like law enforcement, like an FBI agent or something like that, they would have overly generalized so they could move a, move a pra, uh, past that. But media ha, uh, has to has to spin the narrative. So they'll if they generalize, they'll they'll say, well, it's undisclosed, still not released. Uh, there's a delay in the investigation. They're still investigating. 
They, they provide cover uh, for what what they don't want to reveal to you because they already know this information. They just don't want to reveal it to the general public because it doesn't it doesn't feed their narrative right. They'll get it, but if they get highly honed in on specificity of everything, you know, the name, the sex, the age, the background, the ethnicity, the political ideas that they hold, uh, the groups they're attached to, who they work for, if they have any video, what's their social media presence, they'll 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 spill all that out. Uh, they'll they'll hyper focus on everything. So in this case. The first thing they could, they, because they had an image, they said, ooh, he fits at least one, one of these categories that we want. He's white. And it turns out he wasn't white, but that's neither here nor there. The idea here is to propagandize the idea that, you know, this is the, you know, the uh, it's always a, a white person who, who goes off on a mass shooting. So I looked up this Amy Siskin uh, gal because he, he, he uh, honed in on her. So she has a half million followers on Twitter. Uh, her bio reads activist, feminist, and author, and I linked to her. I, I put out archived her tweet in the description of this uh, broadcast. So yeah, and she's all woke, you know. She's got their her pronouns, she, her, and all this other kind of stuff in there. Uh, I, you know, obviously she thinks she's important, and and I'm sure to certain people she she is, but. Uh, it's always interesting to see what the people uh, write. Uh, for example, uh, they uh, they they write things like this. She writes a tweet here recently. It says, "The point is disparate treatment, and as well, we need common sense gun control to prevent this madness from happening again and again and again. There is no rationale for civilians to need AR-15s. Period. Act act now, Congress. You know. So she's got a she. I know that's her two cents." And then here's another tweet. This is interesting just because it, it goes to the media. I don't know why this is so hard for those whose minds are stewing in the trash from Fox News, OAN, and Newsmax, etc. But the shooter skin is it, the shooter skin is white. That's the whole point. People with white skin get treated differently than people with black and brown skin. So there's this motivation, and then she's a feminist. It kind of feeds into their narrative. It's cultural Marxism, and we all know that. Well, we should know that. So it's entertaining, though, if you start uh, uh, going into the situation that this country is 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 not inherently uh, a racist country because of the amount of the the melting pot is so unique. Uh, we have people come here from all walks of life and from all countries to you know seek a better life i mean we have them coming here right now and everybody thinks that we're we don't want them to come across the border for no reason no we don't we want them to uh, go through the process legally because that's what a country is it has laws and everybody should try to obey them when they break the laws such as in cases like this a person is arrested they're tried with the due process laws that we have in place uh, tried based upon the evidence this guy will be he will probably find himself uh, uh, arraigned and, and found guilty of the uh, eventually go through a trial and be found guilty. Or he might be, the, the, he's going to claim mental insanity or something like that. I mean, there's just, there's a host of things that go on, but that's the way the process was supposed to work. However, we've had too many people now that have got, put their hands in the pot and they hijack everything because they have an agenda that they're trying to push. They're spinning up a narrative. So, 
and it's quite entertaining because both sides are both um if you take the historical the neo-libs and the neocons if we call them if we call them out by their groupings uh so if you take the neoliberals you think of clinton if you think of the neocons you think of the bushes and guess what they're joined at the hip now um, because they want to maintain their power and they are globalist they're the ones that have caused most of the problems that this country's uh, had for the last 40 years there's no differentiating between these two groups um, what they uh, and the reason why they spent so much energy uh, attacking Trump is because not because Trump is you know this perfect guy he isn't he's flawed as hell and he's he's probably he's made as many stupid policy decisions as any other president has um so let's just leave that aside the problem is is the people that support him want their country back we want our country back the people that the people that have to live in this country who have to do all the working have to work for all these corporations who want to run their businesses who want to have a safe and productive life can't do their jobs because we have too many people who want to interject racism who want to sabotage this country who want to support these huge behemoth companies around the world and that have no no actually no uh, care whatsoever for the united states of america um, they want to destroy it and really it's because the people that we put in charge for 40 years destroyed this country so we're going to go to a, uh, this is a propaganda video based upon um, uh, the vaccine. So I'll go ahead and play it and we'll go from there. Right now the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means for It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around to visit with Michelle's mom, to hug her and see her on her birthday. You know, I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. Uh, we've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. So there's a classic up there that included Carter, uh, Bush, that's George W., Obama, and then uh, Bill Clinton. And then they had all the had their their uh, spouses along with it so this is just an epic this is a you know pushing vaccines and this was uh actually this video was released uh march 11th of uh, and they were doing this back in uh late last year but you notice who isn't in the video so that gives you an idea of what they think of him but uh this is just once again you know this idea that we need to we need to get the we need to get a shot pushed into our arm because it's really important um, and at this point that we're going to have to go ahead and do this and it's just it, it, it just it, it, like I said and the reason why they're using you know all these uh, situations is to divide and conquer us and then when I say divide and conquer us they want to conquer the idea that the United States of America should exist the way um, the way it was meant to exist on the constitutional basis because that doesn't that doesn't help them 
say if we actually went by the Constitution, many of the things, many of the problems we would have would would uh, fade into the background. Uh, but but you know, as soon as you, as soon as, a lot of these people say, well, I didn't sign on to this deal, I didn't make this Constitution, let's change it. That's the reason why they create all these regulations and laws and and have all these lawyers try to pe- uh, parse out what what this Constitution means. And of course, I'm not uh, talking about the part uh, the part that's tied to obviously the three fifths compromise that was made. That's a we already know what the what uh, what the answer and result of this is. Just because an idea was born imperfectly doesn't mean that we couldn't have improved upon it. But one of the one of the bad things that came out of the Civil War is that we destroyed state states' rights, and thus federalism, uh, as it was constituted. And don't call me a legal scholar; I'm not. I'm not going to pretend to be, but I, I do have some rough, you know, rough ability there. Um, the idea is, is you know, we should get back to a uh, more uh, a perfect union that is based upon states having the ability to control their own laws and their own uh, own uh, uh, sovereignty inside the United States uh, in, inside the United States uh but that isn't that isn't being uh held to uh, held to form because we have a uh we have a a parasitic class we we call them elite but they're a parasitic class they parasite off of everything they make they make up agencies. They always are forming new committees and councils, and they they populate it with their cronies, and that's just a way to suck more money out of your pocket. Because the size of the federal government has ballooned to, you know, we have multiple million. I think it's somewhere between two to four. I don't know. I think it's more up to four four million uh, governmental workers in this country, and they they're unionized or. You know, with the UPS or not UPS, but the United States Postal Service, they've made it so that uh, they can't be fired. They are obviously they're very entrenched ideology, and also they're very leftist. And uh, that's where um, you know, for example, it's quite interesting that the party, like for right now, we know the Democrats are or the Democrats are now in, in charge again. And then all they're doing is using all this uh, white supremacy, and they're using all, or as I call it, white supremo. They're using all this talk about this. This is interesting, considering that uh, not 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 more than ten years ago, a guy named Robert Byrd, who was a West Virginia senator and was that uh, senator for like fifty some odd years, uh, was a uh, was a member of the KKK, and it, it's well known. Uh, the Washington Post wrote in two thousand five on him when he was still alive. It says. In the early 1940s, a, politi- a politically ambitious butcher from West Virginia named Bob Byrd recruited 150 of his friends and associates to form a chapter of the Ku Klux Klan. After Byrd had collected the $10 joining fee and $3 charge for a robe and hood from every applicant, the Grand Dragon for the Mid-Atlantic states came down to the tiny crab orchard West Virginia to officially organize the chapter. And, and I could continue on, but that just... You know that's the opening paragraph of this particular article, and you know it's <laughs> it's quite inter- it's quite interesting that even though and this was you know he he became a U.S. Senate and he didn't really distance himself ever from this particular uh, situation. There was a um, there was an interview that he did in like 2000. Uh, he said you know he he threw he was throwing around the N word. 
um, and I mean I I would go ahead and play it, but I don't think there's a necessity to. Uh, it gives you a, a gives you a bird's eye view of how these people think, um, and you know Bird was supported uh, by by the Clintons, uh, for example, and then like I said, this is a globalist objective. See, the globalists want to reduce population. We know that. Um, that's they've been attached to these programs for years and years. And for example, we're going to play a clip here from Lionel, who um, he he uh, published this shortly after uh, uh, George Herbert Walker uh, passed away. So it's about eight minutes long, and I'll let him do the talking. With the passing of George Herbert Walker Bush at ninety-four yesterday, today. As you can imagine, we are being um, bombarded with a series, just legions of hagiographies and eulogia, panegyrics, and, and laudatory, saccharine, schmaltzy, funereal, uh, lugubrious uh, 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 commemorations with dirge-like music and graphics that have been, by the way, in the can for I don't know how long. The typical, usual, roll out the schmaltz, mainstream media, platitudes and the like, without any references to who he was. Let me say something unequivocally. This is not a troll broadcast. I'm not going to... Uh, dance on his grave or, or, or um, laud or wax felicitous over the notion of his passing. That's not it. That's not the purpose of this. Yes, he was a human being. Yes, he was a father and a grandfather and a president. But he was my president. And he is so critical and, and lends a wonderful lesson for so many reasons, which I will provide uh, shortly. First, why is he important? Well, he is one of, if not the last, uh, people in um, politics who fought in World War II, just by virtue of longevity. It was a time that was completely different. He also came from an era where skull and bones meant something far more than it does today. When he was Prescott Bush's son and sat at the feet of this man who stewarded the helm of Brown Brothers Harriman and Union Banking Corporation, which we'll go to uh, address in a moment. This is a fellow who was New World Order front and center, most known for proudly proclaiming its existence and how we all would benefit by lauding and being a part of this new world order, the globalist mantra, the, the uh, world of, uh, of a unipolar a globalist versus nationalist cooperation and the like. The new world order part never really, I don't want to say caught on, but nobody really grasped what that meant. I'm going to be making a lot of comparisons to how we handle President Trump and how, if we use the same criteria, we would have and would be discussing George Herbert Walker Bush, Bush 41, we'll call him, <clears throat> a little bit differently. First, do you remember a while back when 
when the Trump hate really started just to percolate. And people came up with this idea that Donald Trump's father was a part of or had attended um, uh, KKK rallies or some, some story about his being not, not instrumental in or a grand wizard in, but just having attended. It never went anywhere, as you can imagine, much of, as much of the stories don't go anywhere. But the idea was that, well, is this relevant? They said, well, of course it is. It, it shapes who he is. Okay. Let's talk about Prescott Bush, shall we? Let's talk about Prescott Bush's legacy. George Herbert Bush 41's daddy and Bush 43's granddaddy. Prescott Bush will forever be known with being a part of Brown Brothers Harriman the Union Banking Corporation. And by the way, this is, I, I commend to you my, my tweet. I, I spent maybe less than an hour this morning just reviewing all of this information, which is there right before your very eyes in this system of tubes called the internets, as it were. And I commend this to you, but the Trading with the Enemy Act and a fellow named Fritz Tusen, 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 T-H-Y-S-S-E-N, my German pronunciation, is non-existent. Why is that important? Prescott Bush didn't attend some book meeting, book, uh, or uh, some uh, uh, rally, or, or anything uh, along the line similar to what Mr. Trump was alleged to have done. No, no, he was... And this is the most important part. He was involved in this financiering, promoting, promulgating, uh, raising funds for, spearheading, organizing, making possible this notion of Nazism and Hitler and World War II. This is Brown Brothers Harriman. This is their legacy. Of course, you're not going to hear anything about that today. And, and one could argue, well, we don't know whether this is appropriate or not. But if by virtue of what we've learned involving Trump's father, don't you think Americans should be a little bit more conversant with this in general? I mean, I would think, but of course they're not. Remember what Tolstoy said, history would be a wonderful thing if only it were true. And also, it's interesting to note as well that history is apparently written by the winners, and it's a series of lies that men agree to believe, which is what Napoleon said. So, so there we have that part of it. This is this is the this is the legacy of this. Now, this is in the '30s. Brown Brothers Harriman, the investment banking uh, organization of the time, Avril Harriman and others as well. And this was this was the this was the, the the beginning of Prescott, and in no particular order. Why George Herbert Walker Bush is so critical is that he is. I mean, if you want to look at the history, everything from OSS to CIA to spooks to the notion of intel in general, I write here that he was a not insignificant part of the Bay of Pigs. Iran-Contra, and the like. And why did he even pardon Cap Weinberger? 
I believe if, if history, if I serves me correctly, my memory, I believe it was on the eve of his, when he was about to testify, six Iran-Contra uh, folks involved in that. Why? You think he did that out of the goodness of his heart? Many suspect, no, it was to protect himself, to save his own, his own butt, as it were. Now, that being said, what's critical to note is that we have a situation now where Trump has suggested that he would not be taking off the table any reference to perhaps pardoning Manafort. People are saying that's obstruction of justice. It's criminal. It's a variety of things. Go back and look what he... George Herbert Walker Bush, Bush 41, did it. I mean, it's so flagrant. And by the way, this is nothing compared to Clinton's Mark Rich pardon. This is who this guy is. You. So there, there's a little uh, highlight of... Uh... George Herbert Walker Bush and his uh, his uh, daddy Prescott, who uh, oh by the way is also affiliated with uh, Planned Parenthood, uh, in particular um, Margaret Sanger. She he was a let me see let me get them. I don't want to uh, overstate this, but uh, yeah, he was served as the national treasurer for Planned Parenthood founder Margaret Sanger in 1947, and he, you know this. This gives you an idea that uh, yeah, there's there's connections back on the and of course this feeds the leftist narrative that you know oh the right wing is always always terrible. But the funny thing is is the uh, the crossover is even more unique when you think about the fact that uh, Hillary Rodden Hillary Rodham Clinton and Bill Clinton are taking hundreds of millions of dollars from Bill Gates who is a eugenicist and his dad was a president of Planned Parenthood uh, back in the day. Uh, so I mean, <laughs> eugenics is is part and parcel to both parties. Part, uh, uh, both of, both of these globalist ideologies uh, uh, platform. I mean, if you're taking the Clintons took seventy five million dollars from uh, Bill Gates in uh, uh, November of twenty twenty. Need I say more? I mean, if I got seventy five million dollars, of course it's uh, the health initiative. Well, we know Bill Gates is is no friend to health. He's just uh, He's just looking to huckster his vaccine so he can make money off of it through a public, public-private partnership. Now I know there's plenty to be said about what Trump did in terms of of uh, pushing the vaccine or or getting a vaccine made quickly. Um, he didn't have any control over the actual uh, vaccination me- method, but of course he was being he was being cornered on the vaccine because if. <clears throat> And this is where I, you know, like I said, I extremely differ from his uh, policy uh, promotion. I would have just, I would have been better, if it was up to me, I would have said, uh, I don't think the vaccine is the best route to go. But of course, uh, Trump also had mentioned therapeutics early on in the in the COVID uh, crisis, I think as early as March 20th. He mentioned hydroxychloroquine, and the whole entire media complex decided to smear hydroxychloroquine and Bill Gates through his uh his little his minions that work at uh, certain uh academic institutions and and medical doctors were started uh writing up papers to um uh, pr- promote the the risk of hydroxychloroquine even though it had been around for 60 years and the World Health Organization had on their list of uh, of uh, uh most most uh what would you say um um, I forget what it, it, there's a, they, the, the terminology is it's like a, a, essential medicines, 
So they had been using it. They had they were promoting it, and this was as late as March 2020. And then the World Health Organization suddenly changed around and took that that medicine off their list. Well, the funny thing is, is this is this is interesting because Bill Gates is you know part and partial to the World Health Organization's entire philosophy. Um, he owns those people. He owns he owns a, a vast majority of the doctors that even work for the World Health Organization. When I say he owns them, he provides funding through the Bill Melinda Gates Foundation, and he also find he. He provides funding uh, through, of all entities, the Carter Center, which is Jimmy Carter's uh, uh, particular foundation. And, and the Carter Center donates to the World Health Organization. So he funds directly Carter Center, and the Carter Center turns around and funds the World Health Organization. So this is a this isn't this is nothing. Now, granted, people will say, "Well, you don't know what they're always up to." No, but they're having conversations, and we know that they they don't just sit around and talk about nothing. And when it comes down to millions of dollars and comes down to objectives and agendas, they're doing something. And Obama has also taken money from the Gates Foundation. So this is both right wing and left wing. There is no, there is when I say right wing and left wing, they're the same. They're the they're the same dragon. They're the same overall monster in the room that is the United States of America. And both both parties are more than willing to um, currently as they're currently constructed. And if you get even more detailed, you can get into both of them are connected back to China. They're both pushing China philosophies. I mean, the Democrats at the at the at the elite level in D.C. are doing this, and the, all the institutions in in Washington D.C. are being have been corrupted by globalist ideology, while the meat while the rest of this country is more of a traditional na- uh, nationalistic because we believe we were. Most of us of a certain age were taught to love our country. This is just common sense. Now, were we always taught the right history about our country? Of course not. Are there always has there been pockmarks and black marks on our on our history? Of course, every country has that. You could go to any country around the world and they would have the same problem. We don't, but we don't discuss the fact that you know Mao killed. 60 million people or 45 million people depending upon who you're uh, depending upon when you want to do the start and stop on that we don't talk about that uh, and the same way we don't talk about George George W. Bush's million probably a million people that he killed in Iraq uh, the civilian population there or the 30 or 40,000 U.S. soldiers that we've lost or or had severely injured in, uh, during the Iraq war and the trillions of dollars that we pumped out of this country and who who knows how many of those quote quote unquote trillions wound up in you know wound up in foreigners hands wound up back in the hands of our 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 politicians our agencies uh private sector etc so the reason why they can get away with this is propaganda they spin a narrative they have their media sources spin up or gin up uh, philosophies, and then they pu- pump this out to the uh, general public. I mean, the reason there was many people that were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, we have to go back and get Iraq." Uh, the the Iraqis and, and Afghani's in during uh, um, the run up to both those wars in the early two thousands. I mean, I didn't think that, but uh, you know, I was in a different point of view at that point too. Um, but the media has been. Uh, uh, oh, by the way, back then. According to Gallup, uh, back then, uh, everybody in America generally believed in the media. When I say generally believed in it, 
uh, I think it was in 2002 or 2003. So, for example, uh, the trust in the media amongst uh, uh, Democratic voters in general was around 75%. I think in independents, it was more like 60, 65%. And amongst Republicans, it was still above 50%. It may have even been a little bit higher because there was a Republican president in office. But as of about 2005, uh, there was a stark uh, drop-off in trust. And then trust in the media turned on whether it was party-specific, party according to Gallup. Um, the funny thing was, is when Trump got into office, the liberals, or the Democrats, or the liberals, um, uh, the general populace, really believed in the media. They believed all the hype in the media, whereas independents started to considerably dislike it. It was like about 40%, and the Republican, the Republican side was more like you know, 15% uh, trust in the media. This was as of 2017, 2018, 2019. A matter of fact, 2018, I think uh, there was actually a spike in belief in the media based upon all the ginning up of the Russian collusion and stuff like that amongst Democrats. So the media has been con contorting people to believe certain things. And of course, now you have the results that you see on the uh, uh, in 2020 with the uh, um, the BLMs and everything else. And the funny thing is the reason why they're using white people or this country's, um, idea, I guess you could say Caucasian identity, uh, European, uh, based identity for the most part, say 60%. That's roughly the population breakdown. It's about 60%, uh, Caucasian, about 15% African American and about, uh, in, in the remaining uh, quarter, 25% uh, is a mixture of all kinds of ancestries from, you know, Asia, from different continents, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, Filipino, uh, all, all, every nation under the sun is represented in some way, shape, or form. There's Iranian Americans, there's, uh, you know, you know, Afghans, there's uh, the whole host, the whole cornucopia. It's, that's why it's called the melting pot. <clears throat> And of course, everybody's here for one thing. They're here for success. I mean, if they're here, they're here in this country, they should be here in this country for success. They should be here for the freedoms that are blessed under the Constitution. They're not here to, to, to squabble over what happened over, and over across the seas. But of course, the globalists don't want you that do that. They want us to be at each other's throats. They want us divided. They want us conflicted. They want us to, to get into our little... Uh, silos of information i mean it's uh like you said you know and and uh <laughs> it's quite interesting because everybody out there is uh just trying to struggle to maintain over this entire um sham of a of a covid uh cover-up and it's um it's just terrible it's just terrible how we've uh allowed this to um uh, go on so for example, there, I mean, even Bush has, uh, uh, Bush par pardoned at one time Armand Hammer, a son of founder of the American Communist Party, uh, Party Julius Hammer. So um, I'm not going to get into this, but uh, as it turns out, uh, Armand Hammer was born in 1898 to Julius Hammer, a Ukrainian Jew who uh, immigrated to the America in 1890. So he joined the Socialist Party in 1892. So, um, you know, if there was a despisal of, of certain uh, ideologies, it, it doesn't it doesn't uh, quote unquote show 
in the way that their actions and reactions, like they mentioned, like uh, Lionel mentioned about uh, uh, Manafort, the, yeah, that's what triggered the Ukrainian thing. Um, I mean, you think about Trump. I mean, he's not doing anything that anybody else hasn't done. The Clinton, uh, I think it was uh, Clinton who uh, uh, pardoned um, Susan Rosenberg, who happened to to uh, set off. I think I think she set off a bomb actually in the White House in 1983. She gets paroled, and then guess what? We find out that in in 2020 she's uh, attached to an organization that's uh, uh, helping or assisting Black Lives Matter. So she hasn't changed her radical ways at all. Uh, it's not like she found God and she's just a radical feminist or a radical communist or whatever radicalization uh, program has gone on. And what's going to happen in this country if these people continue to gin up stuff as Tucker uh, 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 um, kind of uh, laid out, um, if they keep on ginning this up, if the Nancy Pelosi's keep on throwing up this stuff, if they keep on making, trying to box people into these uh, particular silos and keep on trying to make it, try to turn people against each other, yeah, they're going to get a civil war going by their actions. And of course, that's what they're that's what they're attempting to do. They're trying to turn everybody against each other. They've already dis- decided that there's a domestic problem in this country. There isn't a domestic problem. They're making a domestic problem. That's their agenda. You know, the agenda is there's a problem out there. We have to. Uh, the agenda that's being pushed from D.C. It's being pushed on to the local agencies. It's being pushed through the local governors. Um, that's the reason why they want to keep on. Uh, uh, keep these lockdown uh, situations going and keep all the pressure on. It's called pressurizing. They're trying to pressure everybody, and they squeeze, they squeeze, and then they release just a little bit, and then they squeeze some more. It's a it's a coercion tactic, and they're using all the propaganda of the media. They're using all the the changes and distortions of uh, of uh, reality, you know, male and female athletics. They've destroyed. They've in a matter of about eighteen months, they've destroyed athletics. And oh, by the way, we can all link, all link a lot of this is being pushed through uh, their uh, Chinese outlets. Um, I hate to bring in China, but they are part and parcel to this. Uh, they are uh, inter- they are interjecting themselves into our uh, political spheres through our media. And of course, they have the globalists. Like I said, they're on the same objective. Uh, how they go about it, well, I mean... If you get down to the details of it, you know why would why would why would China attack white people? Duh! It's not very hard because uh, they are racist. <laughs> I mean, they're very put this way. We'll say that the uh, the 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 elite in China are very uh, Han centric. Let's put it that way. But it, it boils down to the same thing. Um, they don't they don't particularly care for intermixing and interaction in their their particular. Uh, population so what better way than to i mean they their outlets like cgtn and others are uh they i've seen the tweets they've tweeted about american society and they and in matter of fact uh it was brought up at the the conference that was in alaska with tony blinken that the that the chinese uh ambassador there he savaged us he said well you have all these racial issues and all this other stuff hmm it's quite interesting that that would be the th- something that would come out of his mouth. Imagine that. You know, you have so many problems. Why should we take any lectures from you? That was what the Chinese did to us. That's what they said. 
and we keep on uh, well the thing is is that was uh, that you know for as much as anything gets said i mean look at joe biden he's a he's he's always been a, if you go back and go over his record in in the senate who by the way he was a, a senator at the same time that robert Byrd was um he he uh, he was he matter of fact he was the last uh, president uh, before he was president he was a uh, part and parcel to the last gun uh, uh, assault rifle or uh, uh, gun legislation I think in 1995 I think is when they kicked it off um, so of course they're gonna you know being that he's basically a potato and he doesn't know what he's doing I mean they're gonna try to ram one through again uh, but we'll see where it goes. Um, the point of this whole broadcast was to illuminate not only has the propaganda been spun up on you, but the idea that there's really two uh, two different parties is a falsehood because they're 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 the the people that are in power in D.C. are moving towards the same objective, and they're being fueled and initiated, and in many cases, I think uh, 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 blackmailed or at least uh, graymailed from the Chinese Communist Party because of the the things they have on the dirt that they have on dc too because dc is like a a little mixture of uh of intrigue and you know like like you mentioned with the the cia and whatnot they're uh in the fbi uh their their goal and objective is to keep everybody on the same page um to the destruction of our country because they don't want they don't they're not afraid of uh, a national identity Oh, they make it sound that way. They're afraid of national identity because it gets in the way of their goals, which is, you know, they want a one world, new world order, as Lionel mentioned. And that's been going on for more than 100 years. This isn't a new, uh, I mean, this isn't a new concept. And when I say more than 100 years, 1890, the British had, um, I think his name, Cecil Rhodes, was uh, wanting that same objective, which led to the outbreak of World War One. Because Cecil Rhodes was a British, uh, like a financier, uh, uh, you know, well-known figure at the time, and he put together a club, and they were trying to push this. But he isn't the first. This isn't. This is one of many iterations that just happens to be the most recent iteration, uh, prior to, I guess you say, the Bush uh, concept of a new world order. Uh, yeah, and they're they they don't. <laughs> they're they're trying to gin up any conflict for popular population reduction and they want they want us at odds with each other so that they can continue to rule us like they always have um they don't want uh people getting wise to the fact that they're doing this and there'll be enough people that'll never listen to this or listen to any other broadcasts or think anything of it they think that they're you know they're being lied to by you know, it's like, how would you know? How are you so smart and special? It's like, no, I don't think that. I don't think anything, anything of the sort is anything. I'm just, I'm just trying to, to uh, connect the dots. And there's too much interplay across the parties to, uh, you know, to not ascertain that they're they're working together. They're, they're the same side of the. Uh, they're they're a coin, and they're just they're just hitting you with lefts lefts and rights, so to speak. Uh, one side's, uh, you know. When you're not getting hit by one, you're getting hit by the other, and and they each have their pots of corruption. It's basically what they're invested in. I mean, the Democrats are invested in their their cities, and 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 now the Democrats are invested in war. They they actually, I haven't heard a lot of them saying that they want to avoid war. They actually seem like they're warmongers now. Um, so, 
I'm going to leave it there because my voice is getting tired. And I hope that everybody has a, a great day out there. And I'll play you out to John Adams again because I think um, it's reflective of where we should be going in the future. And I hope everybody uh, has a great um, day today as best they can. The adventures of the future um, will depend upon us being able to coalesce as a unified country as much as we can. There are always going to be dangers out there. There's always going to be people that are going to try to sabotage things. Our job is to identify people who are hijackers of freedom, of rights, of liberty, and the ability to do what you want on your own accord. Work local. Try to build a coalition in your local community that protects its rights, protects its uh, citizens, protects the country. That's the only way we're going to ever achieve a uh, 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 winning strategy against the globalists. God bless the United States of America, and God bless you.